Coming up on Art Palace. That's so true. I never thought about that. But carousels, that's like a really good market marketing plan is like you got to tr- you got to catch them all. It's like Pokemon. It's like the Pokemon <laughs> of the 19th century. <laughs> carousels. <laughs> they, they got there first. Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Eyrig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is one of our docents, Zoray Zand, who is taking me on a tour of a shared legacy, folk art in America. You can use this episode as an audio tour and listen along in the exhibition, or just enjoy it by itself. If you'd like to come see a shared legacy, skip the lines and purchase tickets online at cincinnatiartmuseum.org. Use code CINCYBOGO at checkout to get your second ticket for free. Discount valid only on adult full-price tickets. That's CINCYBOGO, CINCY with a Y, all one word. If you're listening along as an audio tour, our first stop is right at the beginning of the exhibition at the title wall. We are we are here at a shared legacy folk art in America, um, and I'm with Zore Zand, and we are looking at uh, the, actually the, this will be the easiest piece in the show to find because it's right at the front, and it greets us. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking at the wall that says folk art in America, you will see this piece. Yeah, and it's a child wearing a dress, shoulder bearing, blue color with a little bit of goldish uh, gold in there and it's holding a strawberry over its heart and yeah. then it has got a sprig of strawberries with his left hand on his uh, his lap there are four strawberries ripened strawberries and one white colored unripe yeah which you hardly notice at the very beginning you have to pay attention to see it yeah because it kind of blends in with the the color color. of the dress yeah and there are three leaves and i looked up in many photographs to see strawberries no normally don't come this perfect i mean the way he it has been uh, i mean put here on the lap of the kid it's really perfect (laughs) yeah yeah, it's a, it's a little too ideal, probably too ideal. for yeah, especially the organization of where it's like each of them are like sp- you know splayed out. I mean, I my I remember my grandfather grew strawberries, and I just they're just kind of like in a mess on the ground. Usually, like you don't really I don't know I don't even think of them like on a vine quite like this because usually once you get them out of there, they're already you pull them off usually. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. The 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 strawberry over the heart. Why do you think? What do you think that's about? I think because uh, strawberries symbolize a lot of things, and even in Christianity and everything, purity, abundance, and love, the red color, and over the heart, it looks like a heart too, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it? does, yeah. And I, I was thinking about the unripened strawberry mm-hmm. has like a nice connection to like a young child. Exactly, yeah. I would say that's to we need to ripe and become somebody, yeah. And uh, I gave it away because I used the word he. So this child in a dress is a boy and yeah. not a girl. 
And yes, uh, and in those days, uh, people, I mean, children, especially boys till the age of three, would wear a dress. Yeah, sometimes even later. Even later, yeah? Yeah, it depends. I mean, I think it depends on the time, exact time period, but I've read up to like five or so sometimes. I, I, I think it's, you know, it, some of that is practical. Um, it's easier mm -hmm. to keep, you can, if you have... Uh, if all your kids, when they're young, wear dresses, you can have hand-me-downs no mm -hmm. matter what the gender is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But he might have also pants on because uh, what is that what he's under, uh, wearing under the dress? Yeah, it's almost like some sort of undergarment mm -hmm. that, although you kind of think like an old... Uh, old movies and stuff where la ladies are wearing sort of the, all this like complicated underwear <laughs> it, like comes all the way down to their ankles it might be kind of similar to that i don't know you know this is where i'm like i i'm a little fashion deficient i don't <laughs> i don't really know enough about that stuff but generally we can see this child looks very um, i mean proper decent um has got re uh, red cheeks blue eyes looking at us and there's also a dog, but yeah. the dog is not paying any attention to us, does he? No. He's such a, he's such a cute little dog. Yeah, he is. Brown in color with yeah. a little bit of white in his face and the paws are white. And yeah, and he is paying attention maybe to the folk art gallery. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's, that is true. He's almost uh, pointing us into the show. I, I kind of assume, I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm wrong on this, but I assume that a lot of times dogs are usually symbols of loyalty that and painting. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I kind of wonder if that's a, another sort of message there about the trying to show that the child is sort of loyal to the family, maybe. I read that uh, uh, parents gave uh, the kids uh, pets, like dogs, so that they would learn uh, loyalty, as you said, respect to animals, mm -hmm. so, and have a companion in a way so that they would grow up. So here we see again a child with a dog, and actually this painting is attributed to M.I. Phillips. M.I. Mm -hmm. Phillips was a uh, self-taught artist. He would go from city to city or town to town uh, on the East Coast and would uh, paint portraits. If I'm not mistaken, he has done more than 500, and he would get, and he is actually quite good at it. He know, usually he has got the back, uh, black background, and he has almost an animal there or a toy of the child uh, in the painting. And here we see the dog being on the right side of the child on further down. And the child is sitting on a red uh, stool. Mm -hmm. And the color combination of the red strawberries, the red stool, and the blue, they're really, really nice. Red showing, I mean, to me, red means love and life and blood, so to say. And the blue, also again, water, sky, and life again. So this is a nice, nice painting. And as I said, this little boy greets us. Yeah. And if, if I'm trying to think of, again, maybe other color symbolism here, if, if we are assuming a maybe Christian symbology mm -hmm. of, of associating blue with Mary and mm -hmm. purity is, is possibly another yeah. thing, which maybe makes sense for a child to try to show, you know, that they're very pure and, it, and innocent. I agree with you. I agree. So, well, do you want to look at another piece? Sure, why not? Okay, so where, where, where are we going next? Shall we go? That eagle. So if you're facing the painting, you're going to want to turn left and you're going to see a big wooden eagle uh, just straight ahead. So we're just going to walk on over there towards that eagle. Now, what, uh, what sort of attracted you to this piece? I mean, eagle is a symbol of 
America. Right. And here the eagle is so powerful. We don't know if it just landed or if it's just trying to lift off. And what I like about it also, it faces left mm -hmm. and is sitting or just standing on a orb, on a globe type of, uh, uh, yeah. And underneath it to keep the balance, there is another wood panel to keep the orb on it. To me, that's just me. When I looked at it, I thought maybe the claws are on, a, on left and right. The you can just say if you're facing it, if too. If you're facing it, yeah. Okay, if you're facing it, the left one looks to me as being the American continent, the new continent, and uh, the right uh, claw foot is on Europe, so to say. So I thought because of the globe, if it was on a different kind of a, um, I mean, standing, I wouldn't think of that, but only because it's, it reminds hmm. me of Earth. That's so funny. Yeah, I would have never. I mean, I that, that but that's that's what's great about everyone has their own interpretations of these things. I probably would have never looked at this, you know, wooden ball and ever thought of it as a globe, but you know, I don't know what I mean, maybe the artist had some some thought of that and sort of thought of that um that idea of. I mean, if if you if you read it that way, it certainly also would feel like a very a piece sort of touting America's like strength in strength, a way yes just because it's like this giant <laughs> eagle compared to the size of the globe so if you if you read it that way that would be something that uh, one would maybe take away from that to me it gave it even more power when you look up you see the face of it it's proud and it's really I mean it's filled with pride and strength mm -hmm. and then on the globe and I mean yeah I, I thought it was really, really neat. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they believe it could be one of the 13 eagles uh, which were once uh, in a courthouse in New England. Hmm. And it was representing, uh, I mean, each one, those 13 eagles were, uh, bald eagles were representing the original 13 colonies. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, the idea of colonies kind of brings in the globe again, I guess, you know, that's definitely um, makes sense. I kind of wonder when you just sort of said immediately like, oh, well, you know, we associate an eagle with the United States right away. I mean, is that something, since you didn't grow up here, is that something you always like would have associated or did you, would you have had a different association with an eagle from? Uh, no, from, uh, I mean, as far as I know, I always uh, learned that the eagle is a symbol of the United States. Hmm. It's just interesting just because other other places have used eagles too. So I just kind of wondered like what kind of uh, how well we've cornered the market on eagles. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would say cool. Pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got that one knocked down. <laughs> it's like you, you got eagles covered. I guess we have the bald eagle, which is fairly distinct, uh, which is a little different than maybe the other eagles I'm thinking of. But what was the uh, other piece you wanted to look I, at? I love this piece too because it's so typical of folk art. I mean, folk art. So, which which piece is this? This is the piece by Henry Dusa. It's the form of Henry Windle. Okay, so if you were standing at the front of the eagle, um, you'll just kind of turn to your right, and it is a landscape featuring a big cow. And if you were behind the eagle, you just kind of walk <laughs> straight ahead because you'll be facing it actually. And I look at the eagle from this angle too, and he is following us he's looking at us. <laughs> that's true that's true just follow the eagle's gaze he's yeah. that's true just go to where the the eagle will point you in the right direction just follow his beak he's like toucan sam you know <laughs> uh, follow his nose 
Russell, this is a big painting, isn't it? It I is mean, pretty big. It's a, a oil on canvas, and it's by Henry Dusa. And what does strike you? What do you see right away, which is not in the center, but takes... <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of spoiled it, I guess, because I did already say it. But yeah, there is an enormous cow in this painting. And why would you say enormous? What makes it ma enormous? I mean, if I'm trying to trust the scale of this painting, which is maybe questionable, you have, um, I mean, you have trees in the middle, and then you have this cow that would be towering over those trees. <laughs> and, and, and to add to the confusion, there are also other trees next to the cow, which seem a little more in scale. But it's like we have one scale for the house, and then we go to this one pasture over, and <laughs> we have this enormous cow that's like... If we were to take it literally, it would almost be like a fairy tale cow. Like it's it's like Paul Bunyan's, you know, Babe the Blue Ox or something. It's that kind of big, actually. Uh, Henry Windle apparently is very proud of this bull. Yeah, it's a yeah. shorthorn bull, and it won prizes or a prize at least. And the uh, bull has even a name, William Allen. That's Which such a great name for a, uh, for a bull, William Allen. And we know it says also age five years, and it weighs 2,500 pounds. <laughs> I, I'd like to say I, I know enough about cows to tell you that's a big coward. I really don't know how far. I mean, it sounds very heavy for an animal to weigh. I, I, I'm going to trust that that's a big, big bull. Maybe nowadays not so much, but in those days, about 100 odd years ago, it was a huge cow. Yeah. I, I mean, bull. And look at the turf where there uh, is hay. I mean, is he being fed it's enough? It's a snack, yeah. I don't think he got that big eating that hay. That's not nearly enough to get a bull that big. And this bull is totally on the right-hand side of the painting. Towards the front, we see it right away. The mansion, the house where the uh, owners live, is almost how, double the size of the uh, bull. It's not more than that, is it? I mean, in compare, uh, I mean, dimension-wise, I mean, the house it's tiny. But oh, yeah. I mean, the house is centralized, so I guess it has a little bit of importance there. But yeah, if you, if you kind of like push the bull back in space, he would recede a little bit. But I still think he would be almost at like as, as tall as the first floor. You know, yes. like I think yeah. he is. That's what I'm saying. Half of the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he would. I'm thinking if you pushed him back, he's probably going to. He could lick the top of that porch, probably. <laughs> now, imagine if he would paint the bull the size it really was, and I mean, taking in consideration the perspectives and everything, that would be a t uh, not very big. No, no, it would be a pretty tiny cow. Yeah, it would be very small. But uh, the trees here seem to be unnaturally small or to, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, it looks to me as if each section was sort of painted in its on its own and sort of didn't really consider the other one. So it's almost like you th they thought about the middle section in one way, then kind of got over and thought about this cow. And as they were working on the cow, they kind of forgot about the relationship to the cow, <laughs> to the house. So it kind of took on its own thing. But, you know, like you said, it, it has this, I, I don't really, when I look at it, I don't take it literally, even though it's funny to imagine this giant cow. I just tend to think like, oh, this cow is really important. Exactly. And we are looking from a perspective from up 
somewhere from a hill down. Right. View, yeah, a bird's view. And look at the driveway. I mean, so thin and small in compare yeah. to the rest. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if, if I mean, it's I don't know this, but I kind of wonder if the, that perspective is less about um, like there's actually a hill there that's easy to kind of get uh -huh. to, or or maybe it's just sort of this is an easier perspective to deal with. Yeah, but it's all well maintained. We see the white fence. Mm -hmm. Everything seems to be having its order. The trees in the back are all in order. The painting is typical as a folk art is. It's very flat too. Yeah. Let's look at the cow. How flat the poor thing is. <laughs> well, and in, in, in the the flatness of the cow is is made even stronger by the fact that the cow is so square. Yes. And like and and straight on like with the picture plane too, so that like the the edges the the cow is like parallel with the picture plane. So yeah, he's such a square cow, which I I kind of love how blocky he is again it makes him funnier to me like just kind of this giant thing especially how tiny his little head is <laughs> but he looks happy in a way oh, yeah. he's looking somewhere out there and uh, seems to be a happy cow yeah i mean the colors are vibrant the cow is looks very healthy yeah 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 <laughs> Definitely. I mean, if you got a cow that big, he's got to be healthy. He's got to be doing okay. I'm sure if I was Henry Windle, I would be very pleased with his painting. <laughs> <laughs> you would have, you would have, uh, you would have uh, hung it proudly on your wall. Yes, because it says everything about me: order, activity. I mean, big property, a nice cow, an award-winning <laughs> one. Award-winning cow. <laughs> and I'm a well-off man, and yeah, it tells everything in a beautiful day. Yeah. So what well, else would I like to have? I mean, that's what, all. I what mean. more could you ask for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else? Uh, what's our next piece that we're going to look at? Let's look at something. And I like this one because it's attributed to William Schimmel. Okay. So uh, turn around uh, from the cow painting and, and kind of walk towards, there's a case on the wall that's red and there's a, some carved animals in it. And we're looking at the poodle. Yeah, it's a poodle, and it's uh, somehow attributed to uh, William Schimmel. William Schimmel came from Germany, from Hessen-Dresden area, and he was a man, apparently bad temper. Oh. He was mostly drunk. <laughs> he was a tramp. He was going from place to place, in uh, and uh, but... Uh, asking for odd jobs. He would now and then get an odd job. I was looking up and I saw his obituary, uh, which was published when he died. He died in a poor house, poor soul. And uh, there they have written, uh, hold on, Old Schimmel, the German who for many years tramped through this and adjoining countries, making his headquarters in jails and almshouses, died at the almshouse on Sunday. His that was, uh, uh, I mean, August the 3rd. Uh, his only occupation was carving heads of animals out of soft pine, out of soft pine wood. These he would sell for a few pennies each. He was apparently a man of very surely disposition. And now when he was discovered years later, or at least 30 years later again, by the collectors of folk art, I mean, if he could sell, I mean, if he was alive and was selling his um, carvings at the price 
which nowadays people are paying for it, he would have died a very, very wealthy man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really tragic side to these pieces. I didn't, you know, I just come over here and I'm like, oh, it's animals, how cute. And then I, I had no idea that he's, you know, died in a poor house and was like, a, you know, drunk and angry all the time and just carved animals and made a, a few cents off of them. It's pretty tragic. And actually, in the front of when we, between this gallery and the next door, I mean, we have got the, another glass case and there is a tiger with a human being in the mouth of the tiger, and that's also attributed to Shibbal. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's also very whimsical and funny. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I know which lion you mean. That's or it's a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, there's something about this poodle that reminds me of like really ancient art too. Like, there's something about the the way the the. I don't know, the fuzzy bits of the poodle, the front of it that, you know, would be, uh, it looks like he's got that trimmed back backside and then his front is all fluffy. But the way that fur is rendered is, it's just, there's something about it that reminds me of like some of the, some of the more ancient art. Yeah, like the lion? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me either, yeah, like the, that's what I, it kind of makes me think of uh, our lion, which it's like, are you thinking of the, funerary yeah, lion the yeah, big yeah, one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah or even the persian lion that has like kind of very geometric shapes in it and and even some of that older um older art i'm th you know that some of those animals in the near eastern collection that have really you know geometric uh shapes uh they're again kind of abstracted i it just something about this always makes me think of something older than it really is. And when I look from this side, I look facing the poodle, it, it seems as if it says, come and play with me. Yeah. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> yeah, he does actually, you know, that we kind of have it turned right to the edge and uh, or just from the side. And I think when you get a look at his face, uh, if you get over a little bit, he is a little friendlier looking from the front than he kind of lets on on the side. Yeah, yeah. He, he seems very, I think because his body is kind of rigid. Um, again, maybe that rigidity is something that makes me think of ancient, some ancient art. Um, he... But yeah, when you get to the front, he's a, it's a little more fun, a little more playful than the the side lets on. Or maybe the tail is also a little bit up. In this case, because of the uh, mouth, it looks a little bit funnier. Maybe yeah. it's a whacking tail, I mean, at the time. <laughs> but that's a good point. Like, I hadn't thought about the tail being straight out. Um, I think if you, you're used to reading dog body language, that's another thing that makes me think it's it doesn't come across as a super friendly dog from the side because his tail is not up, it's straight out, which mm -hmm. is more of like a hunting kind of, like I'm on the hunt sort mm -hmm. of tail position and less of a, a let's play. <laughs> yeah, but the ears are more down. I mean, the ears are not, in a, uh, I mean, when they are in, alert the ears go a little bit up too yeah the ear, it's really relaxed the ear looks relaxed yeah i agree so it's again we don't know <laughs> yeah if you just kind of look at the face he seems like a real friendly dog so yeah <laughs> yeah especially because of the ears being relaxed but the tail again we don't know yeah what <laughs> well uh let's move on to our next piece what did you want to look at Folk art is also, uh, has got also some usage to it. I mean, like this dresser here. Okay, so we are, we're going to just walk uh, around. There's some hanging photos, and we're basically just walking around those. And uh, onto the other side, uh, still up against the red wall, the piece called Chest of Drawers by John Mayer. Mm -hmm. Now, Russell, describe 
to me what you see. Oh, <laughs> this is usually my game. You've turned it around on me. Oh, man. Well, I see a chest of drawers and on it, it is so it's green and it is very decorated. All around the edge are painted yellow and red alternating flowers on the edge of the whole piece of furniture. And then on each drawer, um, there are two birds um, on each one and also mostly red and yellow in color. There's a little black mixed in here and there. Um, and the birds are all surrounding there's a flower in the center of each drawer, and then the birds are on either side of the flower. Um, and the birds on the top, and I only am saying this because you pointed it out to me earlier, so I'm cheating a little <laughs> bit, are facing away. Um, uh -huh. And all the other birds are facing inward, so it's a little interesting. And the drawers, are they the same size? Oh, good, good point. No, um, the bottom drawer is the biggest. And then they get smaller as they go up. So the tallest, uh, the topmost one is the the thinnest of the drawers. Okay. And another question, not even looking at the name, is this a clue in there which would tell you, uh, I mean, what origin it comes from? I mean, uh, who the at least the painter, if not the designer of the uh, and the carver of the uh, of this chess is? It says Jena. 1829 and Jena is the German word for January. So in Austria and Switzerland and in Germany, Jena means January. Oh, so and you said this specifically Austria and, Ger and you, German and uh, Swiss. But you you told me earlier, is there yeah. another word for January yeah. too? Uh, Januar. Januar. Okay. The Germans now mostly say Januar. The Austrians and part of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Switzerland still say Jena. Hmm. But in the calendar, when you open in Germany, it always says Januar. Oh, okay. It has changed gradually right. to Januar. But it has got the same base. And... I looked at it as I wasn't quite sure if I should read the story of the birds from up to bottom or from bottom to up. But then I thought, maybe there are two birds who don't know each other. They're, the backs <laughs> are turned to each other. All right? And suddenly they have got this little worm or whatever they have. They are going to share it. They're facing each other. Uh -huh. And then suddenly this flower blooms. The flower in the middle blooms. And they look really nice. And also the red color. Maybe they are now really in love. And then at the very bottom, you see, again, they have, I don't know, they are not quite at the top and not quite at the bottom. But something, it's, there's more f as if they have established more. You see, there are more leaves to it. The flower has grown too, the middle of the flower. Yeah. I mean, there are two separate ones, then it becomes one, and it becomes a huge one, and it becomes even more bigger. So maybe there is a story to the whole thing. Well, that's true. I, you know what? I, I didn't notice that the... So it's funny, you think that the, you think of them as the same birds, because I think that each bird, each pair of birds looks totally different to me. Like the colors are different. They have different like crests on their head. But I think the, the flower is interesting because I do see what you're saying there, that there seems to actually be a narrative almost of this plant that's growing. And I think you're right to read it the way, the order you read it, which is top to bottom because mm -hmm. of the way that plant grows. And that's something I totally did not see at all when I first first glanced at it. I just sort of was like, yeah, there's some birds and some plants. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I look at stuff. If you read it the other way, from bottom to the top, it has a total different meaning. Well, it's a, it's a little sadder, <laughs> I guess, yeah. 
there, the first very uh, prospective, I mean, the, everything is nice and glamorous, and then they suddenly become a little, and then at the top, they become distant, they have turned their backs as if they had a fight. <laughs> yeah, but I like it, I like your reading too, where it's the same birds that are like falling in love and then transforming, and like, that's kind of nice, uh, a nice thought that the birds are also growing almost like the plant, because you, you have like, the birds get a little more uh, extravagant yeah. looking by the bottom, especially with this like plumage on the top of its head. They seem like like very fancy birds. <laughs> <laughs> the birds on the top just sort of, you know, they're like, oh yeah, it's a bird. I don't know. Something you'd see outside. Mm. It's like a robin or something. And then they, they, they get a little more uh, detailed and extravagant there. And I realize each of the drawers has got a keyhole so you can lock mm -hmm. the drawer. So I don't know if the same key would fit all four locks or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, or if, if each had a different key. So anyhow, you could protect your items too. So most likely you would put some valuables in there or something you didn't want the kids to go and touch. <laughs> <laughs> Lock the kids out of the drawer. <laughs> all right. All so right. what did you want to look at next? Shall we still stay here or shall we go over to the other gallery? You know what? Do you, let's let's talk about the carousel figure because we're right behind it's right behind us and it's mm -hmm. close. I'd say let's go ahead and take a look at the carousel and then maybe we'll head over. So um, Usually when you say carousel, what comes to your mind what kind of an animal did people usually ride on horses horses but do we have good horses here not 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 here <laughs> <laughs> we have got something more exotic we have yeah. got an elephant and we have got a rabbit and a giant rabbit <laughs> yeah very big so and nowadays uh, do people go on carousels or merry-go-rounds no they well, prefer the uh, i mean the kids nowadays go on. i don't know have you been to carol ann's carousel downtown no i haven't been i have seen it but i haven't been yeah i was just down there the other day and it is it's quite popular it's so popular i think i think as long as there are children there will be carousels i don't think they're going away you grown-ups love to sit on carousel figures too um, yeah i mean that gives it child in us comes alive again we give ourselves permission to yeah yeah well and, and i'll tell you actually a big part of why i think that carousel is fun and why i would think this carousel would be fun is because they are filled with um there are other animals than horses and in carol ann's carousel the horses are all so different and each one is styled like the observatory or the zoo so you have all these different like uh styles of animals and and things so um like the oktoberfest horse is wearing lederhosen <laughs> and, you know so all of that stuff just makes it fun to pick your animal uh -huh. you know like you go you get on and you and you i think that's what is the appeal is you're like i want to sit on this one uh -huh. like this is and there's almost this moment of of like picking the animal that sort of says something about your identity, you know, like, uh, and especially kids, you know, I work with kids quite a lot and that's like one of the easiest things to get them to talk about is like, well, if you could turn into an animal, what would you turn into? Because they, they think about this a lot. Like the idea that like, I might have to transform into an animal, mm -hmm. so I better know what my options are. So they, they really think about that a lot. And so the kids are usually like very, like they know what they want to ride. And I know when I went there, I knew what I wanted to ride right away, which was the cicada. 
but I also see it as a marketing strategy because today I want to ride the elephant. Next week I come back and ride the uh, oh, rabbit. Abs- absolutely. Yeah, you got to got to try <laughs> them all. To, yeah. And how many times do I come back? I mean, depending. That is a it's good kind of, way of tricking and um, luring me back again and again and to have the different feels of different animals and the different sensation they give to me. I mean, the power, the uh, I mean, the speed or whatever. Yeah. If it's all at the same speed going ar- around, but still I might in my own mind feel different. That's so true. I never thought about that. But carousels, like, that's like a really good market marketing plan is like you got to tr- you got to catch them all. It's like Pokemon. It's like the Pokemon <laughs> of the 19th century. <laughs> carousels. <laughs> they, they got there first. Yeah, And then having the exotic animals. I mean, especially now, I mean, the rabbits is a rabbit but uh, an exotic uh, animal, an elephant, riding an elephant. Not that many people have the no. opportunity to ride a, a real elephant. Right, and es- now you especially have in, in Brooklyn, where this is from. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you think about it, in Brooklyn, a rabbit's fairly exotic, too. There's not a, probably a ton of them like running around you know, in, in the middle of a city, so you don't see a lot of rabbits in, in urban areas. So, and, and, of course, it's a giant rabbit, too, so that makes it fun. Well, let's just zoom ahead and we're going to go to the other side of the exhibition. So um, we're going to walk back towards one by Schimmel again, the tiger and the man. I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, again, how uh, nature. (laughs) Yeah. So huge. And we human beings are really nothing. That is like a little doll in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The scale is definitely not (laughs) accurate, but it's effective. And a story. So yeah, we're, we're walking, if you're kind of going back towards the beginning of the exhibit, and then we're going to pass by into the other half of the show, uh, past the first uh, wall with the still lives on it. And then in the middle of the room, you'll see this case that has some, uh, like a game board in the middle of it. And that's what we are looking at now. And what would you say? What kind of a game? How many people could play this game? What kind of a game is that? Oh, geez. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, let's look at the label. I know. This is, yeah, that's cheating. Um, Wow. That's a good question. So I'm trying to, that's, I'm trying to figure out. So we've got how many different colors here? I see four f- colors. Okay, yeah. Four s- colors. And I see four set of dice. Are they dice or what are these? Yeah, I... They do... I mean, the markings on them are totally dice. Like the, the way that the, the one, the two, the three, the four, the way they are arranged, the four and the five, mm-hmm. like that's got to be relating to dice because of just the patterns on those. So... Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like some kind of board game, but man, I could not begin to suss out the rules of this board <laughs> game. But it would keep the family busy, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, if if just trying to figure out wh- what the rules of this game are, I couldn't. I mean, I like this centerpiece that has like all these different, all the different potential rolls of the die you could have. Um, Although I just noticed, I was like, there's more than six on there because there's like yeah. two, two is repeated a couple of times. And then there's this like cross in the middle with like arrows going around it clockwise. Like around about, yeah, clockwise. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't know what that means. And what are these? Are the round ones, are they dice too? Or are there places where you, I mean, or are there stuff which you move? Yeah, I, don't know. I wonder if the goal is like, I'm guessing just that the goal is to probably pass around the board in a certain like, to arrive back at a certain point, um, just just a guess, and then like maybe by going around the middle, 
you're gambling on whether you can take a shortcut mm -hmm. or possibly be sent way off course maybe like i don't know just a the, guess my when i looked at it first it reminded me the closest what came to my mind which i could relate to it was that snake and ladder uh-huh shoots and ladders yeah shoots and ladders yeah sometimes yeah i have learned it as snake and yeah it's called both yeah sometimes yeah you'll see it both both ways first i thought maybe it's that but then the more i looked at it the more i became confused yeah it is really complicated there's almost so many paths that it starts to almost feel kind of like maybe probably not the most carefully designed game is my guess <laughs> i mean just because like there's uh, there's almost so many paths that one can take that it, it i may it makes me wonder if like there's almost too many options or something i i would be curious to see how this really plays and maybe certain colors can only travel on certain like if you're playing as red, you can only travel on the red or on the yellow or white spots. Like a highway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be part of the rules, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But it's an interesting, uh, and, and color-wise, it looks also nice. It's like an artwork itself, isn't it? You can hang it on the wall. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it's so symmetrical, and it is really, really pretty um, just by itself. Yeah, I'm looking at these little the little spaces that kind of lead into the curvy paths that have a three on them, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if like that's like the entry, like to get into there, you have to roll a three or, you know, there's like the spaces that I take as like a start and stop spot are marked with fours or are they fives? Because I can't tell if that's a dot in the middle, too. Yeah, that that is. <laughs> yeah, that's a... It's but a head scratcher. If that confused you, maybe there is another game we can play. And what they have done is cleverly enough, they have used the other side of the board and put another uh, game on it. Oh, I just, I, as we walked to the other side, I read uh, the last line of this label answered my question, which the game to be played on the other side with its unfamiliar number of spaces and placement of pathways remains a mystery. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> that sounds like a good challenge, though, to come up with, like, how do you play this game? Like, to have somebody create new rules for it that mm -hmm. work. Ooh, I like this. <laughs> now okay. you know why I chose it. <laughs> now I'm, I'm like, you got my wheels turning. This is a program, Zore. We can do this. We can make a board game out of it, like where we figure out, like, oh, this would be, hmm, 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 I like this. So, yeah, and that seems to be a more or less um, like a chess game. Yeah, a board, I mean. Yeah, either checkers or checkers, chess. Yeah. Does it say on the label whether it was chess or checkers or, or both? It says uh, Parcheesi. Oh, okay. Well, it says, no, this, no, no, was it says this hand painted board, board resembles Is one used for Parcheesi with a checkerboard on its reverse. Okay. So they're saying, like, yeah, that's kind of like a, a lot of uh, Parcheesi boards have um, checkers on the back. Um, Hmm. So I thought it's very smart. You use the same board, you flip it over, right. and you have got a total different game, and you have got another entertainment. Yeah, and that's one of my things that I love about this piece, too, is the, the way you can see the, the paint worn away on the edges mm -hmm. that touch the table because you can tell that it was used mm. and flipped and used on both sides because those edges are worn down on both sides. So that's really nice. And what do we have got on your right hand right oh, now? Oh, right. So if we just turn right kind of back towards where we came in, we have what is called 
the crazy quilt, which is from Cincinnati. Very good. Yeah, yeah. that's great. I can read. <laughs> <laughs> and quilt is mostly, I mean, they would put together, uh, I mean, pieces of cloth and make something useful out of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, from old dresses, from here and there, cutoffs and so on, they would make a blanket. And in those days, they didn't have central heating. The house would be really, really cold. I mean, there was a fireplace or just an oven there to keep the house warm. Often people would wake up and the ice in the cup was frozen in the wintertime. Imagine New England. I mean, it's really uh, cold. and. To do something warm, I mean, the, a quilt normally has got the top beautiful layer of different kind of patches, patchwork, and then it has got a more or less a, just um, a plain cloth underneath it, and right. in between it, they put cotton, mostly, or wool, and then to make sure that they stay put, so they would sew it. Mm -hmm. And girls would start uh, doing, I mean, quilting as soon as they learned how to sew, and uh, by, and they would do, and by actually, I read somewhere, by the time they did the 13th quilt, it would be time for them to get married. It would be the quilt which they would take home as a bride. Uh -huh. And uh, sewing it all together, I mean, the, the three layers together, they will call it a quilt bee, and well, friends and sisters and siblings and ever, our neighbors would come together, would sit around it, and they all would sew it. So it would be a social occasion to just sew a quilt. Yeah, it's like always a nice, I always love that about quilts, the idea like you have this giant piece that is made up of many smaller units and then the idea that a lot of people would also come together to make that. It's like a nice reflection of the object itself. Like this thing is reflecting the way it was made, which I, I really like. And this quilt, I mean, we haven't really talked about the sort of insanity of it, <laughs> um, but it is pretty nuts looking. Like, I mean, it's called Crazy Quilt for a reason. Like each one of these squares is just absolutely kind of chaotic. Like it's pretty crazy. Very colorful. Oh yeah, Very yeah. Colorful. The red, the blue, the white, the green, I mean, the brown, I mean, it just, it's just beautiful. And then the roses in there, the horseshoe in there, I mean, everything, the butterfly, I mean, it, the flowers, I mean, it just is giving you a lot of information and yeah, it's just uh, a beautiful quilt. And apparently it's also, um, I mean, dedicated to, to somebody and the initials we see, W-E-B, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in there. Yeah, it says it probably refers to a Webster Burkhart. Yeah, and there's a Latin phrase in there, TB Maximo Natu. Uh, and uh, it's. Uh, Do you speak so, Latin too? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> I was like gonna ask, and I'm thinking that I'm like, I bet she speaks Latin too. She's like, how many? You've got like, do you speak five languages? No, 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 only three. No, only three. Okay, all right. Well, only three. Oh, well. And, and it says uh, this quilt may have celebrated a Webster's birth. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was gonna ask you to translate the Latin, but I yeah, I, I'm guessing the natu is something about born, just because yeah. of the root like nay, like nah, like that. And it goes uh, maximo natu. I think it goes to a, a male, uh, not a female, but a male. Oh, uh, okay. Connection, but I am not hundred percent sure. But there we have got a fish. I mean, we have got everything in here. Yeah, the little like yeah, the little details in the in the quilt themselves of the um, 
the fish and the other like flowers that you get in there. So it's like both totally abstract, yeah. but then you get these uh, these little details as well. There, I mean, all those sewed in. I mean, yep. That there is so much to see. And one thing we should not forget are our. Oh yeah, the big wooden figures. So we are turning around and we're walking towards uh, the big wooden figures. You can't miss them. <laughs> <laughs> they make themselves very known. Oh yeah, one of them is called Dude. The other is called the uh, Girl of the Period. And what does she have in her hand? A cigar. A cigar. And why would somebody carve a figure of such a beautiful lady with a cigar in her hand? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming is 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 this uh, is she outside of a smoke shop or is that most likely? Yeah. Yeah, that was my guess. Yeah. Just because uh, just knowing that like, we have the cigar cigar shop Indian over there, and that's typically what you know I associate these figures with. So yeah, and uh, apparently things haven't changed. Still, I mean, a beautiful lady with a cigar attracting the customers, so to speak. Right, say. right. It's like they're even though it would probably be imp improper for a lady <laughs> to smoke. It's like. It's not about that. It's about attracting uh, the clientele. <laughs> yeah. Now, the one, uh, the Indian one, which you see, is on a pedestal with the wheels on there. Do you know why the wheels are there? I don't. Apparently, this wood, the, it's pine wood, and it's really heavy. Oh. And what the store owner would do, he would wheel in and out the... Um, how do you call it? His shop sign. Right, right. <laughs> and so the, I don't know if these had wheels before or not, but now they're only on, on a platform. But that one, the majority of them had a wheel so that the owner could wheel it in at night when he closed his shop and yeah. push it out again during the daytime. So it was an easy way of uh, soon they learned the experience and knew how, what to do. So yeah, that is a way of attracting uh, business and having and telling people from far away what kind of a store they are expecting. I mean, in front of us, we have got there on the other side uh, a, a set of teeth, so to say, with a, and it's a dentist sign. And here we have got this uh, for the tobacco in, I mean, shop. So yeah, I, I'm just I keep looking at. I love that this one is just called Dude. <laughs> and what dude. is this dude doing? <laughs> Well, it's so funny just because we think, I don't know, I, I think of dude as such a new word, and it's not at all, you know, apparently. Um, and I love this quote. <laughs> In 1886, one carver recalled, dudes had quite a go for a while. I've got fully 25 dudes around Brooklyn and New York now, though dudes are on the wane. <laughs> I've got fully 25 dudes around Brooklyn. <laughs> Dudes are on the wane. No, dude, they're not. Dudes never go away. So figures like that will be in front maybe of a store of clothing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cigar, tobacco. I mean, all sorts of... And even in our old little gallery in the museum, which is our permanent gallery, so to say, for our folk art, we do have also shop signs there. Um, I mean, like the pipe, which we have got actually a picture of it on the right, side. Right, right, yeah. You can see the, the Kier. It's Kier, right? The yeah. pipe that's in our folk art gallery. Yeah, if you look at the very top of this photo that's hanging here, you can see it up there as, as it would have been hung. Yeah. Nowadays, we have got neon lights and all electronic signs uh, indicating what 
the shop is and what they have to sell and so on. But in those days, they had just figures and then it's really nicely done. Again, like the carousel figure, uh, figures, these are also done by professionals. Yeah, yeah. So, and um, most likely more than one person worked on it. Well, uh, let's. I, I would love to look at this piece. I know we've gone a little long, but I'd love to look at this piece with the uh, the church here. Oh yeah, <laughs> we had talked a lot about this before. I know you you saw a lot in this piece, and I was really I'm really interested in it. I know I I read it a little bit differently than you did first, at least in the way I look at it. And to me, I immediately think of this as like a comic book <laughs> because that's <laughs> just how I think of things, and I think of it as three panels in a comic. You know where you're seeing the exact same scene, uh, but just what's going on in the scene is changing. Like a little movie. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah, it's very cinematic. And this one is now a historical event happening. Mm -hmm. The other paintings which we have and so on are not as such historic in this uh, exhibition, but this is an historic event, as I said, like a little movie, as as if the news reporter is telling us what's right. happening. When. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's a good way to think of it as uh, as reporting. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, what do we have got in the first pic uh, picture? Just looks like a church. Like a church. And Nothing going on. And people minding their own way. I mean, and we see in here again uh, the, how at that time people were dressed. Yeah. So, and how the roads were. Yeah. <laughs> and kids playing, a few people around uh, and having a cane and so on. And somebody is pointing to the church. And we have got the, the church with a time on it. What time is it? It's around 4.30, I would say, or 4.32. Yeah, yeah, looks about right. So 4.30, around that. And it seems to be all quiet. The sky is blue, some clouds in there, and the wind is going from our side, from right to left. I mean, what would you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently here's a little bit of water, isn't it? Yeah, it looks kind of a little puddle or something. Of water yeah. and dirt road and a few houses around it. And we are facing, we see the entrance of the church, but mostly we're seeing the side of the church. Yeah. All right. And what happens in the next? Bedlam. <laughs> Bedlam. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it, it takes quite a turn uh, for the dark here because we have suddenly all these people who are like ransacking the church. Um, we have, it looks like people are throwing things out the windows, which are all broken now. We see a fire starting in one of the windows. Um, people approaching with axes. Yes, and more and more people are coming, and it seems to be like a fight is going on. Yeah. And there are people on the tower there. One is holding a, a, the American flag, and one is having his hat, just saluting or something, holding, yeah. taking his hat off. And it's around now 20 to 7. Yeah, so, so a couple as, hours have so passed, passed by. by. And the whole scene, the quiet scene, has changed. Yeah. So and people are bringing wooden bars as if they want to just, uh, I mean, destroy everything in this church. Yeah. Now, why would they do that? Well, <laughs> it's against who? <laughs> yeah. Well, why, why don't you tell us? Uh... Now, apparently, uh, the Irish uh, and being Catholic and Irish, they weren't so popular, and there was again apparently this war between them and those, so to say. And here is apparently that's happening. That scene is happening. Yeah, and then the last panel we see is just the absolute destruction of the, of the church. It's just on fire, burning, and everyone's just kind of standing around watching. 
Yeah, the man with the flag is downstairs. Yeah. It's nighttime. We see a half moon. We see some stars, more clouds. It's getting dark. I mean, it's an early evening, I would say. And then we see, even in the back, that the people are pouring water. First, I thought they were trying to combat the fire and get that done. But no, that's not possible anymore. The, the whole thing is engulfed in uh, flames. But maybe they're protecting their own homes yeah, by pouring water on their own roofs and so on because yeah. the houses, which are not far away, to, uh, I mean, to Try to keep them, them from catching, yeah. And, People are all around it. There's, there's so many people now. Uh, I would say maybe more than 100 people, more. No, maybe 200 people standing right now around the church. And what time is it? It's 5 to 9 almost. And what I thought it was funny, do you even with all this heat coming, about the flames and so on, but uh, again, our poll, the weather ward, is still showing the same direction. Oh, yeah, the, the, heat hasn't <laughs> yeah, the weather vane at vane, top. Sorry, weather vane hasn't uh, ch uh, changed, changed direction whatsoever. Hmm, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to not think about this in relationship today for me, like, to not, you know, to think about a time when the Irish were the outsiders, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and to think about a time when that was just how quickly we can turn somebody into the other, exactly. right? Like that, that somebody can so, that now nobody thinks of the Irish as the other. Yes. I mean, I, I, nobody I know does at least, you know. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to think about that in relationship to today and the people that we look at and we fear and, and we want removed. I say we, but not be yeah. me at all. I, I, I understand what Royal, you're big to say. we, yeah, we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I like about this is that we as a visitor, we see the three panels first and then we come to the label. Yeah, so that's true. It allows us to try to figure out what's happening here. And then we get to the label, and it says, Burning the Old South Church. And this trio of paintings is by John Hilling, a sign painter by profession, depicts an attack on Old South Church in Bath, Maine. The attack occurred on June 6, 1854, during a time when a wave of anti-Irish Catholic sentiment swept the eastern United States. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, 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 it doesn't really tell us too much about what, the artist's feeling on this subject matter is, but I just feel like it's hard to look at like a burning church ever as being seen as a positive no, thing. No. I can't imagine that, that in any way the artist was like, yeah, this was a good thing. Like, no. it seems like he's, he's by showing this destruction, um, it, 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 it seems to me a pretty pointed criticism of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. As I said, like a reporter, what you see on the news, I mean, it's coming and it's showing and, People, and it's a documentation of a historic event. I never knew that the, they burned churches. Yeah. Were you, it seems like you would have probably made the same leap I did <laughs> to think about this in, in today's terms. Yeah. I mean, it seems like something that would be affecting you pretty greatly. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was, uh, I remember when, we first heard about the travel ban, you were traveling. Yeah. <laughs> and we were literally, I mean, everyone in the office goes like, 
what is Zore okay? Like, are we gonna are we gonna see Zore yeah, again? Yeah, we were yeah. really scared. Like, we were really Maybe worried. I have to uh, say that because I was born in Iran and my father is Iranian, so yeah. that's uh, what you're referring right. to. So yeah, that that was something uh, I said. Well, yeah, <laughs> it was really weird. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was something that uh, directly you know, affected us and in, in, in this, you know, affected you more, obviously, but it, it was just this thing, like it happened and, it, and we were, you know, really freaked out by it. And and it's just like, it's hard to imagine somebody being like, no, Zore can't come back. You know, like, it, it, you know, it's just, it's so, so strange to think about that. We're all like, what, what, what's her passport situation like? Where's her password from? Like, what's, we're so worried no, about that. Thank goodness when coming back, uh, the custom officer was really nice. I mean, it was really, really nice. I was prepared for everything. I mean, I was prepared that they say you're not allowed to enter the country anymore yeah. just because you were born somewhere. But, well, let's put politics aside well, and go back again. I mean, that's so. the thing, though. I know I, I, I'm sure I'm putting you on the spot, but I, I know it's like I feel like this is political. Like, it's hard not to look at this and, and be like, Oh well, that's the past because it's like I look at this oh, and I'm like, it's not, not it's past. not the past, no. you know. And we see stories, you know. We talked about this as a news report of mm -hmm. the if it's time, and it's like we're seeing stories of churches and places being attacked and 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 you know graffiti and things that have happened. It's it's kind of it's really depressing to feel like oh we haven't actually come that far. No, uh, <laughs> human beings don't change so easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But I mean, I think this is a piece that m maybe people can learn from to just think that like it, it, it's very easy to make somebody else the other. You know, it's very easy to turn um, anyone into a monster and to see that this was done to the Irish yeah. not that long ago yeah. and how quickly we've changed. I guess that's maybe the silver lining for me when talking about today is like the, the people that are are being turned into the scapegoats of today and, and turned into the, the, the boogeyman, you know, there's going to come a time where th we look at that as ridiculous. Yeah. You know, that we'll look back at it and go, well, that was silly. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah. hope so. Maybe not in our lifetime, but I think it's going to so, happen. And now, now I'm sorry, but and a small detail. I don't see the water in this puddle anymore. It's yeah. It gone. looks like Maybe the puddle. Use it well, I or think is it only dark now and it's nighttime. Yeah, I was noticing that too because you pointed it out, and that was another detail I would have never noticed. But the puddle in the front of the the painting at the foreground, like in the beginning, it, it, it seems to be full, and then it it dissolves more in each one. Right. And I wonder if it's about the heat of the fire, maybe. And you see the whole surrounding is glowing. I mean, it's an all orangey. I mean, in the the ground here, and people are in a distance. It shows how the heat. I mean, yeah. nobody is close. I mean, here you see when they are fighting, they are close to the church, but now they are all distancing themselves as much as possible. Hmm. That's true. That's a, that's a that's an interesting idea too of the distancing of the people and almost like we did this, but now we're not. Yeah. Like <laughs> everyone's back, and almost like you, it's hard to tell who who was responsible, and you know. And here he's holding the flag again, high up. Yeah. So I don't know the message what the painter was trying to give, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember you kind of asking before when we sort of walked by this, you kind of wondered if, if maybe the, the person with the flag in the second painting who's up in the bell tower holding it, is he like 
from the church, like, you know, help us, or is he We are one Americans of, too, like everybody else. Yeah, know, or, or are they part of the, you know, the angry mob mm -hmm. too? And it's like, I guess it, you really could go either way with that. I'm not sure. I, my, my read on it would probably be the angry mob. Yeah. It's, it's the, the same, you know, yeah. I think Because it's, he appears here again. If he wasn't here, I would say maybe, but now he's appearing yeah. here and holding the flag high. I mean... Uh, yeah, it, it seems to me like when I see a place being ransacked and I see a person waving a flag at the top of it, it's sort of a, a declaration mm -hmm. of like uh, conquer. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of, that's kind of how yeah, I read yeah, it, but you're right. I don't but know. He, but here I was trying to give the feel of help us. We are part of you. We belong to you. We are all the same. I mean, we are people. We are Americans. We are here like everybody else. But no, apparently my uh, interpretation was not the correct one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that. I just feel like that's... No, I'm leaning towards your interpretation. Yeah. I mean, I think that's more accurate. I think it seems unlikely that that guy would be, yeah, like you're saying, kind of still be standing around probably after that if he was he was one of the the irish yeah. uh and as i said he wouldn't be standing here probably not no. yeah yeah probably he, not. yeah well thank you so much for looking at art with me today zore thank you it was a pleasure and i thought 20 minutes will be a lot and, <laughs> and then we uh <laughs> talked for over an hour <laughs>